these perpetual reminders that listen there is a God God is holy we are flawed and we forget it over time everything in our culture says no no you're great you're wonderful you're your own little God and the world revolves around you and you know don't sacrifice for anybody everyone's supposed to sacrifice for you and be entitled and this is like the steady diet that we get from our culture but the children of Israel had a completely different diet that they heard every day Your diet can play a big role in your health and how you feel. If you fill your body with nutritious things, you'll probably have more energy and be healthier. Well, in today's message, Pastor Daniel says that your spiritual diet also has a tremendous effect on you. What you feed your mind and heart will play out in what you believe and how you live. Filling your day with a diet of God's Word will give you the right perspective as you walk through life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Numbers chapter 29 as he continues his message, Offerings Revisited. A personal relationship is personal, right? And you think of the people you have the most personal relationship with, and there's a give and take, and there's sacrifice on both sides. Anybody who's been married and has a semi-decent marriage, you know what I'm talking about. There's certain battles you don't fight because you love your spouse more than you want to have that fight, right? And so there's a sacrifice that is made, and God wants to have a personal relationship. Now listen, God wants to have a personal relationship with you and with me so much that he sacrificed his own son so that he could do it. See, We have to think, well, I have to sacrifice for God. No, no, listen. God sacrificed way more for you and I than we have ever sacrificed for God because God took that which is the most precious to him, his only begotten son, Jesus, and sent him to live the life you and I could never live and to die the death that we deserved and to be raised from the dead. I mean... God's own son, when Jesus returns, is still going to have the marks in his hand. He's been eternally marred by the sins of humanity. And God did that because he loves us. He says, look, I want to have a relationship with humanity, but they need to be fixed, and I'm going to fix them through my son. And when you think about the reality of what God has done for us in Christ, any sacrifice that we give, you end up saying, I never made a sacrifice, really. Because God's sacrifice is so much greater for us than we could ever return to him. And it's not, God made such a great sacrifice, so I'm going to sacrifice back. It's like, no, I'm going to respond to God's amazing love, and true love is sacrificial, so I'm going to sacrifice in my life. So God wants it to be personal. He wants it to be. These are his offerings. It's his food. And all of these have the picture of a fellowship meal. In a lot of ways, this is the precursor to the Lord's table, where there's a lamb and there's flour for bread and there's drink offering. It's the idea like we have a friendship so we share a meal together. And Jesus at the Lord's table, that Passover Seder and fulfillment, made it the most personal. He's like, man, this bread is my body. This cup, this is my blood in the new covenant. He's saying, we're friends. We share a meal together. 
And all of these point to that idea of the fellowship meal. Now, in verse 3, you get the daily offerings. Notice, you offer it made by fire. You offer it to the Lord. Notice, there's two male lambs in the first year without blemish, day by day as a regular burnt offering. Now, we've looked at all of this already. You can look at Exodus chapter 29, Leviticus chapters 1 to 7. We'll get all these again. But notice, there's two male lambs in their first year without blemish, one in the morning and one in the evening. Now, notice, you'll always hear that it's a young male lamb. So the idea of it's young, it's a male lamb, and it's always a flawless lamb. And so the idea is, is you give God your best. Now, obviously, a male lamb, if you are a shepherd, and I'm not, but I've read about it, if you had a young little stud lamb, you know, he, you can use that one to make lots of other lambs, right? So the idea is, in that vocation, a young male can make lots of other lambs. And so it was a precious commodity, right? But you don't ever give God your worst. You give him your best. That's the idea. And don't miss the picture of a young male who's flawless as the picture of the sacrifice. Because who does it all point to? Jesus. The entire sacrificial system is type and shadow of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was young. He was male. He was without blemish. It all fits together absolutely perfectly. So the day by day as a regular burnt offering. Now in verse 4, we find out the one lamb you shall offer in the morning and the other in the evening. So there's a morning and an evening offering with one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a grain offering mixed with one-fourth of a hint of pressed oil. Now, for those of you who are super specific about the weights and measures, you can Google those. And what you'll find, if you're like me and you like this kind of stuff, is that there's a huge span of what these sizes could be. You know what I mean? We don't have hens or ephahs anymore. So people have different kind of, but you'll notice if you do enough research that you'll get about 50 different versions of how big it all is. And so I say that because we don't use the same weights and measures today as they did then, but you can Google it and you can have fun looking at weights and measures if you're that kind of a person and God will bless you for it. Well, he might not, but it's fun anyway. You know, listen, being a Bible geek is kind of fun. I'll be honest with you. I'll take it. It's a good time. Someone once told me the Bible's boring. I'm like, Bible's not boring. You're boring. It's good. It's like, yeah, you get math in there, you get commerce, you get all science, I mean, it's all in there. You get, inter, you get psychology, sociology, I mean, it's all in there, you know, metaphysics, philosophy, I mean, what more do you want? So geek out on it with your bad self. Anyway, <laughs> verse 6, it's a regular burn offering, it was ordained on Mount Sinai for a sweet-smelling aroma, and you can read that again, Exodus 29 talks about it, an offering made by fire, to the Lord and its drink offering, one-fourth of a hand for each lamb. So you have the drink offering, you have the grain offering, you do one in the morning and one in the evening. I think the thing I really want you to take from this is that the rhythms of the life of the children of Israel was if you lived close to, at this time, the tabernacle and later the temple, every morning and every evening, you would be reminded that God is your sufficiency and that a relationship is available every morning and every evening perpetually. And in a lot of ways, I think we need those reminders, don't we? Because we don't live in a world where you have these perpetual reminders that, listen, there is a God, God is holy, we are flawed, and we forget it over time. 
Everything in our culture says, no, no, you're great, you're wonderful, you're your own little God, and the world revolves around you, and you know, don't sacrifice for anybody, everyone's supposed to sacrifice for you and be entitled, and this is like the steady diet that we get from our culture. But the children of Israel had a completely different diet that they heard every day. This ability for a relationship, God saying, these are my offerings, it's for a sweet-smelling aroma with priests, and the whole history, every time you would look at those priests doing that, you're like, man, pack X number of years ago on Mount Sinai, God spoke and he delivered the people. And God said, this is how I want to be worshipped. You have no other gods before me and these sacrifices and all this stuff. And their whole culture was designed around the worship of God. And in some ways, we need to make our own rhythms that remind us of the same things. Like, how many of you have ever read Charles Spurgeon's Morning and Evening? where for 365 days, there's one page morning devotion, one page evening. They're beautiful. But every day, you wake up every morning, you read the morning one. You go to bed every evening, you read the evening one. It's a great, great devotional. Old school language, you got to think a little bit. Spurgeon's a smart dude, you know, but beautiful. Every morning, I awake and I read the word. I go to bed and I read the word. I have these rhythms in my life that remind me that I am sustained by God and God wants to have a relationship with me and it was all founded and finished by Jesus. We need to find those in our lives because if you do not undergird and if I do not undergird my life with this reality, we will begin to believe another reality about our lives. And we all know what that's like. So we have these daily offerings. Now in verse nine, notice what it says, and on the Sabbath day, two lambs in their first year without blemish and two tenths of an ephah of fine flour as a grain offering mixed with oil with its drink offering. This is the burn offering for every Sabbath besides the regular burn offerings with its drink offerings. So now we have those Sabbath day offerings. These are in addition to the regular daily offerings. Now you remember, Sabbath, it means rest. In the Jewish calendar, it happens from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. So we consider Sunday to be the first day of the week, and so Saturday is the last day of the week. So sundown Friday, sundown Saturday, considered the Sabbath. So on those days, in addition to the daily offerings, now we get an extra Sabbath offering, two lambs in their first year without blemish with the flour offering is a grain offering mixed with the oil with its drink offering. So we get more offerings on the Sabbath day. Now think about God's way of reminding people on the Sabbath that he is the sustainer. Remember when they were wandering through the wilderness and God was feeding them with the manna from heaven? Do you remember what he said? He said, listen, on the day before the Sabbath, I want you to collect twice as much because I'm not going to give you the manna on the Sabbath day, Right? And so they would collect twice as much and they would have enough for two days. On any other day, if they kept it, it would rot. Because God said, I'll give it to you every day, except for the Sabbath day. I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to do the work. And for a lot of us, we forget that. And so we work like crazy people because we're like, I have to work. If I look like a crazy person, then I'm going to sustain myself. And God's like, no, no, no. I want you to rest and I promise that I'll sustain you. So again, All of this is meant to remind us, each one of us, that God is the one who keeps everything rolling, that God keeps the world going around. I like to say, and I've been saying it a lot, that Sabbath keeping is a reminder that God doesn't need us to keep the world going around. And we need that reminder, because sometimes we think, if I'm not here, the world's not going to go around. It's not all going to get done. If I don't do it, no one's going to do it. Right? And we think that way. 
And don't get me wrong, if you don't do the laundry, God's not going to do it for you. You know what I mean? But you can take a break. The laundry will still be there, right? And you need the break in order to be dynamic and energized the rest of the week. And so Jesus is, of course, the fulfillment of our Sabbath rest. But again, Jesus is our rest. We cease from our labors because Jesus finished the work in his life, in his death on the cross, and in his resurrection. But at the same time, if you're a workaholic, don't be. I mean, every aholic is never a good thing, right? It doesn't matter what the aholic thing is. I mean, think for one second. Think about how sick it is to be a workaholic. I mean, when did that sound like a good idea? I'm going to go, 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 and never stop ever because work is so much fun. It's like, but that's an American sickness. If you ever go to Europe, I'll never forget the first time Lynn and I, we went to, on our honeymoon, we went to Italy. And like, again, I'm like, so I'm all Italian, so I'm like with my people, you know what I mean? And so it's great. But sure enough, every single day, two o'clock, everything shuts down, right? Because in Europe, they believe in resting. So after lunch, what do they do? They take naps, right? And sure enough, the first day we're there, it's two o'clock and we've been out torrents and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, it's two o'clock. I need me a cappuccino, you know? And I couldn't find an open cappuccino place. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? My people. I need need me some coffee, cafe, a latte, come on, you know? And sure enough, I find this one person open. She's like, ah, Americans. And I'm like, what's that? She's like, you Americans don't know how to stop and enjoy yourself. So I stay open because I know that there's going to be a few you're going to roll through who are going to need some coffee. And I'm like, amen, sister. Thank you very much. And she's like, you should go back to your hotel and take a nap. It's good for you. Everything will open back up in two hours. And it, like, we didn't even know how to do that. We're like, go take a nap. Why, why in God's name would I want to take a nap? I'm in Italy right now. I just Give me some pasta. Come on. You know? But in other cultures, they think we're nuts. But we're all used to being this way. So we don't think we're nuts. But it is kind of a nuts thing to be a workaholic, Right? So take a break. It reminds you that God doesn't need you to keep the world spinning around. And my friends, that's a good lesson, isn't it? We are not essential to the workings of life. It reminds us that God is the creator and the sustainer, and we are the created and the sustained. And Sabbath keeping reminds us of that. And we have the commemoration with a few more offerings. Next, in verse 11, we get the monthly offerings. Look what it says. At the beginning of your months, you shall present a a burnt offering to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year without blemish, three-tenths of an ephah of flour as a grain offering mixed with oil. For each bull, two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour as a grain offering mixed with oil for the one ram, and one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each lamb as a burnt offering of sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Their drink offering shall be one half a hen of wine for a bull, one third of a hen for a ram, and one fourth of a hen for a lamb. This is the burnt offering for each month throughout the month of the year. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering to the Lord shall be ordered besides the regular burnt offerings and its drink offerings. So, 
at the beginning of every new month, there is all these new sacrifices. And again, we get two bulls, one ram, seven lambs in their first year without blemish. Now notice that again. All the offerings, no matter what the species are, is what? Young and without blemish. Why? Because you give your best to the Lord. That's what it's always reminded. And listen, I, we got to remind ourselves of that, don't we? Because what, you know, what people do oftentimes is like, man, I want to bless the church, so I'm going to give you my washer and dryer, you know? Nothing more scary when a pastor, when someone says they want to give the church a washer and a dryer. Because you know what they end up giving? They give you like a washer and dryer from like the 60s. And that thing hasn't worked. I just want to get out of their garage. And they're going to give it to the church because that really blesses God. And they really needed like an ancient washer and dryer that hasn't worked since the Reagan era, right? But we do that stuff. Like, man, we're going to bless the Lord with this. And it's like, no, that's not. Just go bring it to the recycling place. You know, give it to a charity that can go and they can sell the metal and they can get some money. Like, the Lord doesn't want that. But we do that kind of stuff, right? We think, man, I, yeah, I'm going to bless God. And we're really just giving him the junk. And we do that with our own lives. See, brothers and sisters, listen, you need to prioritize giving God your best. It's like you have to be intentional about it. You have to decide that you're going to design your life. I'm going to give the first fruits of all my life to God. I'm going to give... When I'm the most vibrant, that's the time to serve the Lord. See, what we do is we give all of our energy to everything else, and we're like, whatever I got left, I'll give to God, right? We do it with our finances. We do it with our time. We do it with our talent. You do it with your calendar. You fill the whole thing up. Like, I got any time left, I'm going to spend some time worshiping the Lord. And you know what happens. You never get the time, right? Or you say, I'll do it later, right? You know what happens when you're going to serve the Lord later? You're always waiting to serve the Lord later. That's how you have to prioritize that. You give him your best. Why? Because everything that we have comes from him, and he deserves our best. And you know what happens when you start giving God your best? It completely changes the way you look at everything that you do have. Because all of a sudden, you take the first fruits of the entirety of your life, and you give it to the Lord, and it changes the way you view everything else. You start to say, oh, because I gave God the first fruits of my talents, the first fruits of my energy, now all of a sudden you look at all of your talents and you're like, okay, so God got it. And now, so how does God want me to use all the rest of it? Oh, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. My I gave God the first fruits of my energy, right? Like, okay, so boom. And you're like, well, how do I want to expend the rest of my energy? Well, because I gave it God. God, how do you want me to do it? And God's like, well, I want you to do this, this, and this. And you end up completely reprioritizing your life. And I love this because not only is there these daily ones and there's these special Sabbath ones every week, now we have these monthly offerings and this was like, this is a throwdown. I mean, you see all the offerings in each one, the burn offering, so the animals with the grain offering, with the oil, with the drink offering. And if you want to read more about all those, Leviticus 1 to 7, we went through all of them in a series called Sacrifice. We went through all these different offerings, what they were, how they worked, why they're there. But again, this is like a, you're giving God a complete meal, right? You got your protein, you got your starch, you got your good fat, and you got your drink. It's like a good dinner, right? And literally, that's the idea of it. You're giving God the complete, the whole spectrum of the food and the things that sustain you. And every month, it's a big part, man. It's a brand new month, God. We got 30 days ahead of us. We thank you for the past. We're excited about the future. So the monthly offerings. Now, in verse 16, we start getting into the special festival offering. So it really runs from 16 all the way through the end of chapter 29. And at the rate that I'm going, I'm 
pretty sure I'm not going to make it all the way through 29, but I'm going to try. So look what it says. The Passover offerings, verse 16 of Numbers chapter 28. On the 14th day of the first month is Passover of the Lord, and on the 15th day of this month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It shall be eaten for seven days. And on the first day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall do no customary work. And you shall present an offering made by fire as a burnt offering to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year. Be sure that they are without blemish. Their grain offering shall be of fine flour mixed with oil. Three-tenths of an ephah you shall offer for a bull, and two-tenths for a ram you shall offer one-tenth of an ephah for each of the seven lambs, and also one goat as a sin offering to make atonement for you. You shall offer these besides the burnt offerings of the morning, which is the regular burnt offering. Verse 24, in this manner, you shall offer the food of the offering made by fire daily for seven days as a sweet aroma to the Lord. It shall be offered beside the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. And on the seventh day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. Now, if you want to read this, we saw it in Exodus chapter 12, verses 14 to 20. Again, in Leviticus 23, verses 4 to 8. And we're going to see it again in Deuteronomy 16, verses 1 to 8. So we've seen it in Exodus 12, We've seen it in Leviticus 23 here, and we're going to see it again in Deuteronomy chapter 16. Now, the feast of Passover is married together with the feast of unleavened bread. So the Passover was a one-day festival, and then the next day began a week-long feast of unleavened bread. All of this is completely tied to the deliverance of God of the children of Israel from Egypt at the Passover. Remember the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn, the final plague. Now, people always want to say, I can't believe God would do that to those poor Egyptians. Listen, God didn't want to do that. If Pharaoh would have let the people go, none of this stuff would have happened. Because disobedience brings problems. If, if when Moses said, listen, you got these people enslaved, they shouldn't be here, you need to let them go. Pharaoh said, you know what? It's probably not cool that I have people enslaved. It's not the best thing, not the highest good. I'll let them go. They would, none of this would have happened, but he wouldn't listen. And every plague got worse and worse and worse. And every time he's like, I've made a mistake. I've gone against God. Moses, please pray for me. And every time Moses prayed for him and it stopped. So no, this didn't have to happen. Pharaoh brought it on himself, right? He should have just listened. Problems happen when you don't do what is right. Today, Pastor Daniel shared that Pharaoh kept digging in and refusing to let the Israelites go, even in the face of devastating plagues. You learn that God wasn't being cruel and heartless. Not at all. He didn't want them to live with those hard things. But Pharaoh wouldn't relent and release the Israelites. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's word and I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. 
Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that you, like everyone else, have messed up. From the time you were a young child, you probably learned that you need to fix your mistakes. You can't make this right on your own. This is just too big for you. You can't do it. The good news is that God knows this and sent Jesus to bridge the gap for you. You'll learn that you can ask him to fix it for you. You don't have to work for it. You can just say thank you to Jesus for making things right and rest in his work. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Preparation. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.